0: You ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one word, victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory, however long and hard the road may be. But without victory, there is no survival. Now, we are the masters of our faith.
1: So my name is Rick Napier, the CEO at Real People USA, located in Northern California. And I'm doing. We're doing this live conference with Ruben Young, Republican candidate for Congress in District 25. We think, <laughs> uh, well, we know for sure, but it's it's, it's a mess. And Ruben will share uh, that that uh, experience that he's currently going through. Hopefully, it won't last too long. And Real People USA, what we do is we help people with coaching, with uh, campaign activities and fundraising. And just looking at things from, from a more strategic point of view, myself, the host and president of of uh, Real People USA, I come with a corporate background at a Fortune 500 company in Los Angeles. So when I look at this this campaigning activity, I look at it kind of like Ruben, which I will say looks at it in a, in a way that's uh, much different than the average candidate. And Ruben you're on the on the line right now you're on the show, would you agree with that and introduce yourself please sir
0: alright so again my name is Ruben Young I'm a congressional candidate here in Florida, running in Florida congressional district 25 the new 25 it was uh, 23 uh, that just recently changed because of the uh, redrawing of the line so that's a, a district that Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh, held for over 20 plus years and uh, I've been bringing to light that uh, she may be in violation of Florida's 1992 term limit amendment which uh, that's another topic for discussion but uh, I want to sit here and breathe. there's a lot of things that's now taking place a lot of schemes uh, in play a lot of delays uh, now lurking about and, you know, you have to have been involved in this process for a while to understand how things unfold. And just recently, uh, there was a judge, circuit court judge, who, circuit court judges. And I just want the audience to know, and I want to thank you all for having me on your program, Rick. I, I always enjoy coming on your program because you're one of the, the most intellectual persons that I've ever met in my life. And I think that... The way you think and how you approach things i think that we need to magnify that put that on a different level but you know just for your audience uh, purposes if you look at jurisdiction and everything it falls within jurisdiction i know from enough reading that i've done over the years that circuit court judges they don't have what they call subject matter jurisdiction they don't have the authorities supplanted within our article three courts courts are those courts that can hear federal uh, issues or, or, or issues of controversies. And those courts, they have what they call subject matter jurisdiction that the Constitution placed within the uh, Supreme Court uh, giving that court that authority to make determination of the actions that's taking place by a Congress or a executive branch of government or president. And that's the same thing within the state because we do have state constitutions, and Florida Constitution has that same level of authority when it comes to declaring make that de- making declarations that uh, declare something be either constitutional or unconstitutional. And I never know in my lifetime that a circuit court judge, which a second court judge has general jurisdiction and those authorities are given to him under Article 1 or those, uh, those ju- jurisdiction is given to him uh, the Supreme, uh, Florida Supreme Court ministers. So now we have a, a judge, circuit court judge, who doesn't have the authority to make a determination, in my opinion, as to whether something is constitutional or unconstitutional. Florida Supreme Court had just struck down Governor Ron DeSantis proposal and making the districts meet within those constitutional boundaries or meet within those civil rights boundaries that's required uh, to not make to make sure that no district is gerrymandered for the sole purpose of either by race or for the sole purpose of maintaining uh, keeping an incumbent elected uh, in place the district that made the biggest noise was uh congressman al lawson's congressional district five now he's one who's been in that seat for a very very long time and and if you ever been through uh jacksonville travel by jacksonville up, jacksonville up to tallahassee there's always people who feel that they have they've been underrepresented regardless of the of the uh racial background that congressional and I think it is unfair that we now conduct what we call form shopping because the Supreme Court struck down originally Governor Ron DeSantis' plan. He told them to go back to the drawing board and to come up with a district that's fairly reflective of the people that it intends to serve. Well, Governor Ron DeSantis called a call for call for a special section where, we, where he brought back the legislatures. He brought back the House of Representatives, the Florida House of Representatives, and he brought back the Florida State Senate. He brought them back to town and a half, I think I said that right, the Florida House. Yeah, Florida House. He brought them back to finish the work that they started. In those proposed maps because you know we have what we call the redrawing of the lines and these lines take place every 10 years the redrawing of these lines take place every 10 years and the constitution put within that framework and give that sole responsibility to our legislators our house state house legislators or our state senate legislators, and they come together and they upon agreement Put forth the best product that represent their constituencies, or or represent uh, this the state's congressional representatives. Condon has no say so in that. Al Lawson, who's have now taken taking this that uh, uh, issue, he's a Democrat, and it's because of his party. He still has no authority to make the state uh, tell the state what it can and cannot do in the determination of redrawing the line, because the Constitution gives the state that sole responsibility. And he is a member. He's not the he's not the legislature. He's just a member serving as the people allow him to serve based upon this constitutional framework. And for him to take an issue to make it seem as if, as if black people in his district would now go underserved uh, underserved i think that's a farce i think that is i think that is a misplaced uh energy misplaced trying to put forth uh emotions misplaced anger he's trying to create and getting people to to do what he thinks that needs to be done so he can get his way so now we're back in court with a circuit court judge declaring the mass to be unconstitutional, and not just declaring the mass to be unconstitutional, but in order a state, saying to the state that here we are close to now, close to uh, qualifying. I think the qualifying starts June 13th to June 17th, and, and being involved with, with this for quite some time, I see more. I see what they're doing. I think that this is now another scheme to create the kind of havoc, to create the kind of delays, because, you know, Republicans came out with about four additional seats and they came out with having the biggest uh, lion's share of the mapping because a lot of the democrats have been in these positions over 20 plus years with no break in service and under that 1992 term limit amendment it provides that they serve eight years and they can no longer when they reach the eight years they can't seek reelection because they have to sit for two years and then come back and run and al lawson and fedrick wilson and debbie Washington shows they have been in these positions well over Twenty plus years with no break in service. So if anybody uh, needs to be complaining, it needs to be the voters, because the voters put a referendum, put an amendment on the table, and that amendment was overwhelmingly approved in 1992. So I hear people say we need term limits in Florida, we already have term limits in Florida. We just need a secretary of state who will enforce the law. That's what we need in the state. So now we're back at this again. We are now going through another cause, some more habits, some more delay. because if they don't get this right, they're going to take this all the way up. This is my estimation. They're going to have a lot of candidates in wrong districts. And I see these candidates being tricked out of the districts that they really, really want to run in because they are in the districts that they don't belong in. You have people in naples running in brownwood they never campaigned in brownwood don't know the needs or the concerns of the people in Broward, but they're in that race because the uh, because this court has now caused enough havoc and confusion to where they're they're now in limbo so now they're being delayed if this if this continues all the way up to a, a june the 17th rick you will have you won't have enough time. Most, most of the candidates will not have enough time to get in their right just because you file your qualifying papers on June the 13th because you have to file papers, whatever the, write your check, put your qualifying papers in, submit your, your candidate's oath. You have to do that in a certain time frame. But if they take this delay, take these delays all the way up to D, uh, June the 17th. Let me tell you what's going to happen. June the seventeenth is the last day. Noon, June the seventeenth. Not uh, at noon. I mean twelve o'clock. Not twelve o one. Not twelve o two. Not twelve o three. Not twelve o five. But twelve o'clock. If your paperwork is not in on June the seventeenth or has not been corrected by June the seventeenth noon. That's just a missed opportunity because the state's not going to take responsibility for your qualifying papers. They're not going to take responsibilities if you don't do what you need to do on tax. That's one of the things. And if there's any money that was paid after the fact, after qualifying, those monies cannot, they, you don't get those monies back. If the candidate pays the $10,440 and the qualifying period is over and it's after 12.01 p.m., then you're just stuck. And if you want to request a refund before the the, the time frame, then you may be subject to some type of uh, return. But if it's 12.01 after the fact, then you're just done. And those candidates that's out and random petitions, then they're, they're somewhat safe because they don't have to worry about losing any any resources, or, or losing the money that they pay that they pay to the state. But this is a scheme, in my opinion. I think that it is wrong. I think that there need to be some swift intervention, intervention from our United States Supreme Court in making a determination as to whether the map that was approved by Congress doesn't matter who submitted the plan. They still have to be approved by both houses. And When I see them saying that Governor DeSantis forced a map on the state, that is completely a farce. That is completely wrong. Either Governor DeSantis promoted or not promoted presented a congressional map to the Florida legislature. Anyone has the right to present a map. I could even uh, present a map. I could have sent in a proposal. You could have presented the map, and you could have sent in a proposal. And it's up to the legislature to either agree or not agree. They can either accept or they could have rejected. So whatever they did in the interim, if they made that determination that they were going to go along with a map that they felt that was reasonably fair enough to the people in this state, then they take it before the House. They take it to the Senate, and then it, and then it goes to the, the floor and votes upon. And, the, and making that determination of how many yeas and how many names that map would have received, it either would have been rejected or it would have been accepted by the, by the full body. And I'm imagining that's what happened. It went to the governor's desk, he signed it, and it became law. And Mm -hmm. so the only way that you can undo that process is by the Supreme Court. And I don't see that in this instance. I shot my emails, I forced my my, uh, expressions, my concerns to both the judge in Leon County. I said to him he needs to be removed. He Mm needs to be taken out of office for bad behavior. I think sanctions need to be brought against that judge for, uh, and he's a Democrat. He's a Democrat my understanding. And if he is a Democrat and he's joining the side of the Democrat, you're gonna see that some impartiality or some biases is trying to exhibit much delays in stopping this process. And everybody wanna blame Governor DeSantis for this. It is not the governor's fault because he can't make, he can't pass bills. He can only just like you and I you can submit it on that deal and it's up for the for the House and the Senate to accept or reject. So I, that's a fault. but I see a scheme in place. A lot of candidates is not gonna have enough time if they if we don't get this thing expedited to get it to the right district, and that's a big concern of mine. All
1: right, well, thank you for that that summary of what the problem is, and and I would say that these uh these um, These judges that this judge and I don't know who he is. I mean, I I think, you know, his name is out there on a on a on a on somebody's website, but they're just following the the, the California playbook. They're following like any uh, state where you have Republicans in charge. You have these these rogue lawyers, these rogue uh, prosecutors or or attorneys who just want to throw. Uh, like like some some they want to they want to they want to throw something in the wheel to mess up the, the 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 wheel turning and this is common this is common i i i hate to say it reuben but we should expect it we have florida now that is like the being seen as the the the, the state of freedom compared to some of these other states florida texas maybe the carolinas um, you know, maybe Arizona or Idaho. Florida is, ranks number one as a place that is that is uh, seen as a as a free state. And so, there's a lot of rogue, uh, you know, Democrats in the state that are probably trying to just throw a wrench in the process. So, I totally get it. Hopefully, if this thing turns out badly, Florida will extend that June 17th date. You know, by legislation or or emergency legislation, to give people enough time to be in the right spot. What do you think that that what what are the likelihood that could happen? Okay, so uh, I like I like how
0: how you posture that. Uh, you know, the, the rules want to apply when they're trying to trying to get certain things done. So a lot of the local supervisor elections. Uh, when they're for something, they apply the law. And when they're not for anything or for something, the law doesn't apply. It. Now, that's the perfect utopia of what it should take place. What should take place? They should give those candidates, because this is a, a court situation, uh, this is supposed to be on an automatic stay until the decision can come down uh, to move forward. And so everything is in the standstill. So you're right, it should be the posturing of, of, of submitting legislation that would extend the time, but that's not gonna happen uh, because of the fact that we're on a time constraint. Every state has now began their voting and and, and everyone has to uh, make that determination of who's gonna actually take these seats and because the, the, we're on timelines on the deadline and the mo- one of the most important deadlines for Congress to uh, be in a seat, to fully positioned for the for the new uh for the new session is by, i think january the 20th so so you have to move quickly in determining who's going to be serving who's going to be representing a certain congressional district without delay because you know we have laws that's already in book. the only way you're going to be able to do anything uh especially if that's constitutional language you have to go and you have to amend your constitution general law is not going to it's not going to put anything in effect because uh, you know, general law can't supersede the, the language in the constitution. And if the constitution lay out the time frame. Mm-hmm. You cannot if you if you take an oath of office, you cannot usurp that oath of office, you cannot amend a, a founding document without an amendment. And that means that everybody has to be in agreement. It has to be, you know, uh, things have to take place prior to. And I think this is constitutional language that we're dealing with. So I would love to see that because that's going to be a, that's a, like Congressional District 28. Florida now has a, a new Congressional District 28. And it, it, it changes Congressional 26 which represents homestead the key west monroe county places like that and i think maybe parts of how it it changes the the makeup to where now that 26 has become that 26 is now the new 28 whereas in a lot of these districts that's not supposed to we shouldn't have anybody saying that they're incumbent because that district changes one i over i moved just one inch over if that becomes a brand new district, but I'm seeing uh, there's a lot of these uh, are incumbents, which I spoke to the redistricting committee, and they told me, and they, under, they explained to me the way that's supposed to go down. But you, you know, but we're, we're in places where the, we're used to doing things a certain way, and I'm not going to take exception to that. I'm not going to get angry about that. The only thing I could do at this point, because I'm 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 hoping to be the one to come out and serve in Congressional District 25, because I think it's time that we get a fresh approach. Somebody's going to look at something not the same way. So Carlos Jimenez, he's now his district has now changed from 26 to 28. But they, but if you go to the state website, you see you don't see a 28. You see it go from one to 27. But we now have a 28. And what that's doing is throwing up the whole balance of power. It's throwing all those candidates who are running uh, from 25, 26, 27, and 28. It creates the type of confusion for these candidates because a lot of our power up in a certain district waiting for the addition of 28. Now, when I spoke to the state today, uh, they tried to say that it was the lawsuit that was tying this up. But the lawsuit from what I read is only dealing with Congressional District 5, which is our Lawson's seat, uh, a man who's heard, held that seat for over 20-plus years. I heard that the court was not going to take exception and try to undo the whole map, and that they're just focusing on a certain area, which is Congressional District 5. So that's what I read. But, that, but the information I got today from the Division of Election Office, because right, I called Maria Matthews. And see somebody that I've been dealing with over the last, well, that had, had, had to be over the last 15 years. So they know me by name. They know me by all the charges I've filed trying to make sure that we have election integrity in the state and all the uh, elections that I have uh, protested and contested over the years, over, over the last, since 1990 was my, first, my very first contest, election contest. So they know who I am quite well. And when I was trying to explain to them, that uh there's that, that we now have a congressional district twenty eight. They're saying to me that it's because of Congressman mandate. he has not filed his redesignation letter. In order to move you already filed or you already in the seat and that's a changing of a district, uh, you have to do what they call redesignate. You have to redesignate yourself. And uh, and he has not he has not done that. He has not for what they saying that he has not submitted his letter redesignation and this is what they're waiting on for him to do before they can add that that to the state website but I don't agree with that I don't see it that way because the state knows now we have 28 congressional districts and not 47. so that should be automatic and then when he makes that determination to properly file in 28 then all things should be made whole again. But it cannot be made whole because there's a lot of candidates who run it who are skeptical and they may be feeling the same way you and i feel it about being tricked because i've been in, been involved since 1989 i know the trickery i know the games that people play uh in these elections I, i've seen it on both sides and so that makes me now a skilled technician that makes me somebody who who who, 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 who can take the, who can look at something that you're looking at and and get a different viewpoint, or look at it differently. And so I take a look at this today, and I see it differently. And I see that uh, uh, if we don't fix this, there's going to be a lot of uh, gnashing and we- weeping of teeth, because mm-hmm. a lot of candidates is not going to meet the monster, not going to make the deadline. Mm
1: hmm. Mm hmm. I tell you what, that's the, man. I tell you what you said, gnashing of teeth, crying and gnashing of teeth. That comes from that that phrase comes from the Bible. Absolutely. So my, my next uh, question, and we got about maybe 15 minutes to go. Okay, so today, you discovered that out of 106 Florida Republican congressional candidates, and I think this, these were all Republicans, right? 106 Republicans? Yeah, 106 Republicans. Okay, Wait, 106 so you Republicans. 106. Only 14 made it to the ballot by signed ballot petition. And for our audience, what that means is that there are two ways to be on the ballot. You can either pay $10,440. And that's what Ruben is talking about, paying that money between June 13th and June 17th. Or you can go out and get 2,568 signed petitions. So out of 106... Uh, congressional Republican candidates in the state of Florida only, only 14 did the work and I must say that Reuben Young, that's right, congressional candidate, Republican congressional candidate running against Debbie Wasserman Schultz, you did it. What are your thoughts on that? And we'll go back and forth with some, with, with some questions that I have but what are your initial thoughts when you found that out?
0: Well, let me let me go back. Let's take a step back. Now, if you're a Republican and you're running by petition, which I made history, I'm the first Republican in that district to qualify by petition. No one has ever made that that kind of attempt and shown strong commitment and determination in getting on the ballot by any means necessary. Because I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth. Everything I've ever gotten in my life, I had to work hard for. it. Nothing ever came easy. So I wasn't expecting anything to be easy, but when you're running as a Republican and in this climate, it's very difficult. These local supervisor elections, some of them. Now you have some good ones out there, and that you have some good ones out there that that's not going to take a whole lot from you because they know how hard it is to get petitioned. And I, I'm not taking away from any of those candidates that did not make the ballot, but I am I am congratulating one who are undervalued by petition because they know like I know uh, that was a feat that you need to be proud of because we're now in a warlike climate. We're now in a a severe drought where people are not respecting each other anymore. They're not adhering to standards anymore. Uh, you know, and that, that, that's from both sides. It's not just one side, it's from both sides. But you have to be some type of person. I thank God for making me the way I am because of it. If I had not been bullied as a child, maybe I would have been one of the ones that when things came hard, I would have easily been, you know, given up. And, but I don't, see my life, I don't see life that way. I always see life in a, in a positive, and I want to give a more, a much more positive spin to those who fought through, uh, fought through what they fought through, getting these petitions, getting a great number uh, rejected. Uh, we if you're a Democrat, you get all your petitions, but when you're a Republican, like uh, Latrice Jones, who turned in a, a whole lot of petitions in the beginning, and I have to make that example, and all of them was rejected, and that was in the early heyday of. Getting petitions and and I saw that as well. I saw that and I was up close and personal. But I didn't give up. And a lot of the candidates that that seen it up close and personal, they haven't given up. So we are in a fight of faith. We are it, it's good versus evil. It's you know it, it, it's God versus the devil. We're in that type of fight where people are, are allowing themselves to be to be used by uh, uh, negative forces. Instead of doing what they think is the right thing to do. So, yes, Rick, I feel honored. I feel proud to be among those who did it by petition. And I can tell folks that I earned my way in the ballot. I didn't have to raise a whole lot of money and pay people to do the work for me. You know, which that's what a lot of candidates uh, uh, are doing. Which if that's what they want to do, then let them. But I chose to get to, to go down the road where I went out into the community. I shook their hands, I engaged the public and I kissed the babies. I did everything that you are required to do because I allow people to, 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 to get angry with me. I allow people to make friends with me. I, I got a chance to get to know them, their, their family. I got a chance to greet them and hear their problems and their concerns, you know, throughout this journey. So. I feel honest. I feel proud that at the age of 60 I still had what it took to get out there and make it happen.
1: Well, I tell you what. So let's move to part 2 and you gave a nice segue when you said uh, you know people were out, you know, kind of raising money they could have paid. So the second part of this of this 14 out of 106 deals with the people and and people can check this out themselves. And I promised Reuben that I would not uh, use any names, but I lied. No, I didn't. I'm not going to use any names, <laughs> but there are people that raised a whole bunch of money that did not get on the ballot by petition. So listeners, and if you know a Florida congressional candidate that you want to check on your own, you can go to FEC.gov. And you can look that Florida congressional candidate up and, and you can see how much money they raised, how much money they spent. But what I want what I want to mention now is that some, not all, but some of the 92 candidates that did not get on the ballot by signed petition raised, I said some raised over $100,000. Now, you know, I'm I, you know real people USA. We're kind of like what I would call the anti-grifter uh, organization. We don't believe in in people getting donations just for donations' sake, and you know, you raising the money, and you know, and if you, and I'll put it this way, if you're raising the money, and we and I and, and the public sees you out working, that's fair. Matter of fact, that's that's probably the best of all worlds. You're raising money. The public sees you and I'm, I'm not talking about seeing you at a GOP event. I'm talking about you're out there. You're, you're out there with S.O.S. Cuba. You're you're, you know, helping the parents with these school problems. Uh, Florida doesn't have too many, but uh, you, you're doing things in the community and you're raising money and you got one hundred thousand dollars. And uh, let's say you, you raise the money and you decided to pay. OK, that that's probably all right. But if you raise a lot of money and, and now it's time to uh, get on the ballot, how come, and this is like my, 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 my alleged question, how come you're not on the ballot by signed petition when you are out all the time on, with the public on, on social media in different events, sometimes you're on the news, you're in a newspaper, you're on, you know, TV shows and you did not get on petition by 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 having signed ballots. So you see where I'm coming from with this. Am I wrong to uh, take this position and at least ask the question, what happened to the money? All right. So, so, so Rick, that,
0: that's fair. I mean, I, I was I mean, I've okay conversation about what, what are some of the problems that we have within our Republican Party and we have people as you described we have people that's now taking advantage of the party and, and they got everybody believing that the best candidates are the candidates that raise all the money which I don't agree with that I, I, I mean I, it's not what you see is what you don't see because what you just got to point out about uh, the illusion uh, people stating that they uh, in this to win it raise a whole lot of money, but you don't see any energy or effort put forth because they once they raise a lot of money, they pay out a lot of money because they don't want to get out and do the work. A lot of candidates don't want to do the work. I'm not one of those candidates. I, I, I grew up at the age of six. I was working with my father, and he was a janitor, and I, used to, I grew up cleaning for a living. And then you know things progressed from there. But some persons, some of the candidates, they don't want to put the time. The energy or the work in it, so they so they they, they, they create this illusion that they are better candidates because they are they're the ones raising the money, and, and it, 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 you may you may look good on the outside, but on the inside there's there's nothing there, but a, but you know, but a, a, a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. If you don't you don't you know, it's not that which goes into you; it's, it's the things that come out of you. A lot of candidates don't know the issue. They don't know what's important. They don't even know why they're running. But they're in it for, for the illusion that they want to win. Because after the election is over, you, you'll see who's in it to win it, And as you pointed out. Because you'll see where the money has gone. How they spend the money. The money that they raise. Me, I've been out here since 1989. So half the work is cut in half for me. It, won't be, it may not require me as much money as someone else because I've gotten out. I've done the legwork, I've done the groundwork, I've put up my own signs, I've done my own phone calls. You know, all the time you raise money so you can do those things. I, 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 I go out and, I know somebody can do a commercial for about 200, 300, 400 dollars, because I've done, the, I've done the grassroots. Some candidates don't know what to do. So they bring in these firms and they raise the money but at least about 60 to 80% going to the people that they brought in or had to help them because they don't know what to do in the, in the era. But but for me, my cost is gonna be cut. My time is gonna be cut because I know where to go. I know where to put my signs. I know where to put my flags. I know what businesses to go out and be doing grassroots. I know I, I know how to get into the neighborhood, knocking the door, get my information in hand, and hopefully turn it into a vote. Because you you have to treat people with with respect, and as long as you respect. The voter, as long as you respect the person who's going to vote for you, then your name begins to spread and not think that you are deserving. And this is why they raise a lot of money. Well, I've been doing grassroots since 1980. I mean, 1990. So it's easier for me. So when I tell some people, we don't need all that money, I'm telling you the truth. I ran for county clerk last year. I spent about $18,000. I got 278,000 votes. I got more votes than anybody in the history of African-Americans have ever received in miami County. I am now the top vote getter because I put the work in. I built the relationship. I got the connection with people like the Diva and Harry and a lot of people within the district that know me personally. No, I me mean, personally not that the, Oh I never heard of him before Oh he has a bad reputation Oh if he tell you something You, you can't believe what he tell you I don't have that reputation If I got the reputation if I tell you I'm going to do something I do it and this is why people are drawn to me So it, now you, you, you start to see this become um, this Unraveling Because 14 candidates We put the work in we, we hit the doors, we knocked on the doors, we went to the, the gun show, we went to the rallies. We took little, I took little money. I traveled around this state on buses, spending five, six hours to get to a rally. Then get to the rally, take all my stuff, take my signs, hold my signs out. People look at that, some laugh, some don't laugh. But I met a lot of good people, people like Christine I met, good people. That, that were willing to help somebody that's doing the work. And the level of my commitment may be different than other candidates. But I'm not going to knock them. If you don't know what to do and you need help, then get help. But don't, don't try to fake it until you make it. Exactly. Because America's in trouble and we can't help. We, we don't need people on training wheels. Exactly. Trying to save a, a country where you have to make laws, good laws, Republicans-led laws. You got to make laws that's fair to this country, fair to our communities. That's what the, that's what this is about. This ain't no show. This ain't about looking like no celebrity. This ain't no Hollywood. This is the real deal. When you do the wrong thing, you destroy lives. You destroy communities. You destroy families. That's what at stake. America is all we got. So Rick, you bringing up the right stuff. You're saying the right things, and this is why I like comment on your, uh, your program, because if you do ask the right questions. It would be un- unfair of you not to ask those questions when you have the opportunity to do so.
1: Well, I tell you what, I'm always going to ask the right questions because whatever decisions that are made and who uh, is, is sent to Congress, you know, I bear the, either the, the benefit or the, the liability of who, who wins. So you're damn right. I, I care. And if I see someone messing up and and doing something that's um, that's harming the people or uh, uh, helping further destroy this country, I have no choice but to speak up. And that's why I say I don't care who gets upset when I do podcast episodes like that, because I'm not just trying to save myself. I'm trying to save my country and my country extends from the most Western parts of, of of Alaska to the last, you know, step in the water in Key West. That's that's my country. I don't care who gets mad when I when I call out something where people are doing something that's jeopardizing uh, my life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. So, Reuben, uh, I want to ask you to uh, to close us out. I also want to, um, you know, if, if you can, call back in about fifteen minutes and say hello to Heather Vernillo. She sent me a text. She said please tell Ruben I said hello. And Heather is running for the Pinellas County Commission, District 4, North Pinellas. And uh, she wants, uh, and we have a lot to talk about. And maybe you can chime in a little bit on on her uh, show. We're doing that show in about 15 minutes. So please close us out. All right, so
0: this is a call to all the
1: 84 million
0: real Trump supporters I'm Ruben Young. I'm running against Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Uh, she's a Democrat, former chair of DEC. They're not playing, and neither am I. So I'm asking all 84 million Trump supporters, real Trump supporters, real patriotic Trump supporters, to go to my website, ryoungforcongress.com. Subscribe to my my website. And when you subscribe, you allow me to count the votes, but donate at least $1. If I had all 84 million real Trump supporters to to give my campaign at least $1, you would bring new life back to my running to help save America and my campaign. So if you're in Florida, and you're in Hollandale, Hollywood, Danger Beach, if you're in uh, Davie, Weston, uh, Pembroke, Miramar, please vote for me. Come out in the primary. Give me an opportunity to serve you in this congressional district because I'm gonna make you proud of me and I will be twenty-four-seven. I'm not a part-time Republican, I'm a full-time Republican. So I, I will be around twenty-four-seven and I promise you, I'ma go throughout that district, and I'm gonna get to know everybody by their first name. I'ma sit with you, talk to you. So when we get to DC, and I get that floor, I can better articulate your concerns. So Reuben Young running uh, in Florida Congressional District Twenty Five. I need your support and I need your prayers. God bless you. Thank you very much, Rick.
1: All right. So, we just heard from Reuben Young, Florida, Republican, congressional candidate, District 25. His website is ryoungforcongress.com. And that's what, right. He said, please subscribe to his website. We got to have a defense against cheating. And please donate whatever you can to his website by clicking the donate button. Ruben's not going to be buying any property in Palm Beach County, nor will be will he be driving in a, in a Rolls Royce uh, with your donation money. My name is Rick Napier, the CEO at Real People USA, LLC. My website is rpusa.org. Telephone number, direct line 726-999-0999. Thanks for listening to this live broadcast. And uh, definitely come back next Tuesday at 4 at 7 p.m. Eastern time to hear what Ruben is doing next and to get an update. Take care and make it a great day. Bye bye.